This episode of Into the Shoot is brought to you by Blackstone Labs. Whatever your fitness goal, Blackstone Labs will not only help you achieve it, but exceed it. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. You're about to dive in, in, into the shoot with your host, Wesley Crane. Hello and welcome to the show. I am your host, Wesley Crane. I am a professional wrestler, a husband, filmmaker, and father of three amazing kids. My guest today started in the backyard on a trampoline and has since wrestled for mainstream promotions such as Sabotage Wrestling and Chikara Pro. You can catch him shaking hips and doing flips at a show near you. Ladies and gentlemen, Fuego Del Sol. Fuego, how you doing today? Hey man, I'm like a broke toenail. I'm barely hanging on, but uh, <laughs> I'm making it. So, you were born in, what, 1995? 1995. I am 23 years old. I'll be 24 in August. Oh, man. Uh, in October. I don't even know. Too many bumps. Too many bumps. (laughs) So, where did the love of wrestling come from as as a child? It's a cliche answer, but uh, my dad is a diehard wrestling fan, so I've literally been watching it since I can remember. Like, some of my earliest memories was Stone Cold Steve Austin, Attitude Era, uh, into the invasion angle, uh, and it just, I just fell in love with it and watched it every Monday night, every Friday, Thursday, whenever SmackDown came on back then, and uh, I've been hooked ever since. Who's your favorite wrestler as a kid? Stone Cold, and then when I got up to understand a little bit more and Shawn Michaels made his return in 2004, I was a giant Shawn Michaels fan. Okay. Um, now, there's a lot of people that know you as Fuego Del Sol on the independent scene, but... Before then, you actually gained fame as a 14-year-old kid in KBW or Kids Backyard Wrestling. When did that all kind of happen? What was the process of, uh, I guess, the birth of KBW? Uh, Well, I'm the oldest of uh, four, and three of my siblings are younger brothers. And so we would always be in the backyard playing all types of sorts of sports, as many kids from around the neighborhood, it was a tight-knit neighborhood, so we'd always have kids over playing backyard football, baseball, all of that. Of course, I had a trampoline. I grew up loving to do flips, crazy stuff on the trampoline. I got a camera for Christmas when I turned 14 that around that year, and I was like, whoa, why don't we record this? There was another company on YouTube at the time uh, that was filming almost – WWE-style production as a backyard wrestling. I got inspired. I was like, well, I would love to. Why don't we try to make videos and put them on, online? And uh, I'm, I, I'm a smart kid. I didn't realize what I was doing. But at first, we were pretending to be WWE superstars. We'd name the, the match KBW Jeff Hardy versus Edge. And one person would act like Edge and one person would act like Jeff Hardy. And because we used those names in the titles, it slowly started getting views because people were like, what is this, Jeff Hardy and Edge, and then see kids wrestling. And then eventually we started doing gimmick matches with it uh, to where you'd see like a Royal Rumble or like a Money in the Bank, and we'd do a little bit more crazier stuff and just slowly started gaining speed from there. And I did that from 14 to almost 18, 19. I mean, so what was, like you said, you'd, you'd name like, you know, Jeff Hardy versus Edge, and that's, that's where the following started to happen uh what what went through your head as you started seeing you know those followers like you know wow we have something now like i guess what was the transition from doing like jeff hardy versus edge to uh you know your character cage versus you know ak-47 or something like that so i think we did three matches like that wwe style names and i saw them picking up speed and i was like well what if we created our own 
names and gimmicks and everything else and I put up a video called The Beginning of KBW where it was just me cutting a promo, introducing myself, introducing a couple people that were going to be main guys in it and a lot of it. So I got, we ended up filming like four seasons of KBW just because there were different times where cameras would break or it would be winter and we didn't record for a while and just have like season endings and like the first two seasons are dreadful but I, it was mostly just me. Like I, I was the one that loved wrestling. So if I could convince a friend to come over, convince my brother to, hey, let's record something. I'd get it set up. I'd produce the matches. I'd be like, hey, let's do this move, this move, this move. I would be the only one taking any type of crazy bumps. I do pride myself on how tough I feel like I am. And so I made sure no other kids were getting hurt. I made sure I was the one taking all the crazy stuff, and that kind of worked out in my favor because we did some crazier stuff to where we could get away with things. My my mom, like I said, we always had kids and stuff in the yard, so she wasn't fully aware of what all we were doing. But because I'm so tough and I, no one was getting hurt, we were able to pick up steam like that. And slowly just the more people it started progressing, like I said, the, the three main videos that had the WWE Superstars names were getting traction. And, like, we weren't doing great views on the newer stuff of just us. But once we locked down a camera, locked down an editing software, maybe – it took about two years from going to 14 to about 16 to really understand stuff that we started picking up steam with what we were doing. And I was every Saturday having kids over or when I got my car and I could actually drive and go pick up kids, I could put a lot more effort into it and it slowly started gaining steam. Okay. Um, now did, did you guys like pull double duty and stuff like that? Like, you know, you were cage and another character. Yes, or? I was. I was, I was the mass wrestler as well because me and my best friend who also later turned pro with me, uh, his name was AK, and we had wrestled each other a thousand times. And like sometimes it was like, okay, we need to change things up. Oh well, I'll be a mask guy and introduce a mask guy and do things different. And so then we could wrestle each other five more times as me in a mask. And then and uh, then he eventually got a mask and did a different type of gimmick. And uh, but when it slowly started picking up steam, all the kids in the neighborhood wanted to be a part of it because they saw it was doing good on YouTube. And then we ended up creating like a 16, 17-man roster to where, hey, if he's not available this weekend, I got three or four more guys that are available. Let's do cooler stuff. And then we did this big money-in-the-bank match. Uh, with, with I had a buddy of mine who owned a truck. He brought over ladders. We set it up. I planned this incredible was a trampoline so no one was getting hurt, but look cool-looking Tower of Doom spots off a ladder onto the trampoline. And it just it blew up tremendously in 2012, and that was the thing that really sent us over the edge. So with you guys doing mask characters, were there, was, was the mask character, like, was it a different name every time, or was it a, like, this is a mask character and it's part of, you know. That's part of our roster, yes. Wow, okay. Yeah, only, so me and my best friend, like I said, we were the only ones that could trust someone to carry a match right. in a sense. So we had to be in most matches all the time unless we heavily produce it beforehand for them to make sure they were doing it correctly. So if we can't be in every match every night. So it would be me in a match against someone, him in a match against someone, his secondary character in a match with someone, and my saying then maybe we do triple threat four-way, but as long as one of us was in there that we could make sure things were going correctly, we were, for a while people didn't realize that, but we were always in that match, but we were able to mix it up or add it into multi-mans to where it didn't look like we were doing the same matches every time. Right on, man. Um, now, I know that you have gone on record saying at some point you're going to own your own you know, wrestling company and, and put on shows and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, if you were to do that, say, in the next you know, four or five years, what would be the name of said company? Oh, wow. I've actually never thought about the name of the company. Um, 
I love the initials KBW, but I don't think we could do like. There's no cool like. So for like once we became big enough to where we weren't kids anymore, I started calling it Kings of Backyard Wrestling because we weren't kids anymore, but we were some of the best. Right, you were adults at that yes. point. Yes, but uh, I haven't ever thought about. I, I got to think about that. I would have to figure it out what I want. But that's definitely a major goal. Ma- first goal, get a contract somewhere, hopefully. Absolutely. But I love training people. I love. I always like my trainer ran shows, and I just chat on him and seeing how things were done, and then running KBW and seeing, hey, if I'm 16 and can run this successfully on YouTube, why not take a stab at it for real? Right. Now, we touched a little bit on your main character uh, in KBW, uh, Cage, spelled with a K, correctly? Yes, because my real name is spelled with a K. Right. Now, I know you as KJ. We can always edit this out, but now I'm kind of fucking curious. No, what good. What is your What is your shoot name? Keith is my shoot name. Keith. Yes. You don't strike me as a Keith. Because uh, I'm muy caliente. That's <laughs> fuego del sol. Man, uh, I remember seeing you work several times, um, and and not even knowing what you sounded like. And I always try to put, like, I, I bet you he sounds like this. You come up and talk to me, and then, you know, your voice comes out, and I'm just not expecting it ever. Oh, absolutely. And, like, where I'm from, I'm from the South, and, of course, I have a Southern twang to my voice. But it's nowhere, like, where I come from, I speak very proper compared to what other people speak like. But still coming to different places and people hearing a little bit of that Southernness come out, uh, like, when I say, when I count four, five, six, seven, instead of seven, seven right? Like, right. it's just things that I naturally say are, you know, y'all will be quick, ain't. I always say I ain't going to do something or I ain't worried yeah. about this. Like, so it sneaks out every once in a while. But uh, I'm a little smaller, so, of course, my, and I talk very loudly because I'm smaller. And uh, I got the, I guess, uh, Napoleon syndrome, you know, Napoleon, <laughs> you know. So I like to yell, and I'm very loud. So sometimes it's high-pitched. Now, you're from... Mobile, Alabama. Mobile, Alabama. Wow. wow that is fucking south. <laughs> um, now, did KBW start in Mobile? Yes, it did, and it went. So I was also very prevalent in sports in high school, and I got a soccer scholarship to move to Oklahoma. And because of that, we had to put KBW on hold because, like I said, I was producing, commentating, running everything. Right. And, like, and I feel like... I'll, me and my best friend, and then maybe there was one or two more guys that were passionate about KBW. The other guys just wanted to be a part of it because we were passionate, right? So they weren't passionate enough to run things or get things done, but they loved to be a part of it. But a lot of I get comments all the time on all of my stuff. Oh, why ain't any of the other guys go pro? Well, they didn't love wrestling. They just love being a part of this family that we created of us. Hey, I got something to do on a Saturday. We can all come hang out, play basketball playing some wrestling matches and have some fun on YouTube. Exactly. Um, I remember doing, like, a little bit of backyard wrestling with, you know, a few of my friends. We never got into, like, crazy depth of filming and editing and all that other stuff. Um, But, you know, we saw it on TV. We absolutely loved it. And it's sad because I'm the only one that ever actually followed through with it. But, like, I mean, we would do things. We we didn't have chairs and ladders and stuff lying around because, you know, we were just kids. Uh, yeah, so uh, my mom was a photographer, and so she had a lot of props in her building, and I definitely got in trouble from stealing a bunch of props. <laughs> and Like, she had these very cool-looking podiums, and I was like, holy crap, entrances right there, yeah. cool podiums. And so, you know, we uh, – my dad 
uh, was a big builder, but he'd start projects and never finish them. So there'd be leftover wood lying around. Right. Oh, let's just take this wood that he's not going to use <laughs> and break it and hope he doesn't find out. So it was very, there's a lot of scheming. I'm very sneaky, smart, sneaky guy. But uh, eventually, when I was about eight, 17, 18, we got contacted because we were making, we were averaging about five. We put up a video and four weeks in, it would average around 5,000. We had at least 5,000 loyal viewers. Wow. At that time, we had 10, maybe 15,000 subscribers. And um, an ad company contacted me and they were like, we want to put ads on your videos. You take 80%, we'll take 20%. And um, I was like, let's do it. And then I got my first check probably of November of 2017. No, not 2017, 2013, uh, when I was 17. That's what I'm trying to say. And it was like $500. And I was like, holy crap. Holy shit, man. I was like, this is legit. And TNA was coming to town that month. I got me and four of my main guys who love wrestling with me. And I bought a front row tickets and we went to an Impact House show. And watch some more Joe in a cage match with Bully Ray. And it was really, and so like that was the first check. But that was only because we started that partnership half the month. So then the next month come around, $1,700, right? Wow. Was the next check. And I was like, holy crap, uh, I want to buy a ring. I want to immediately buy a ring. Let right. me. So I contacted a guy that I knew was an indie wrestler. He built, built rings. Uh, and I was like, hey, how much is this ring? I want to buy it. And it was like a little bit out of my price range, not too much. I could have saved up to get it. But he was like, I don't feel comfortable selling a 17-year-old a ring, but I'm more than willing to train you guys if y'all want to come over. Yeah. So I immediately got two that I knew would be down to do it, and I paid for our training every week. And three months later, I was off to the races. How much were you paying for training? So this guy was super good. So he had connections with the Armstrong family, who I trained with a lot. Uh, but he also had a wrestling ring in his backyard that and under a big pavilion – we, and I would go, it was always open. So we would train three times a week and we would pay 25 bucks a week. So $100 a month. But it was cheap enough. But he saw that we loved it. Like, right. he, I've seen guys come and go through training. Oh, absolutely. But if we love it and he knows that we're going to help, like immediately he started taking us to shows with him. And like there was three of us and my trainer that we would just drive everywhere together. And if he didn't know something, he brought in guys that trained at the Heart Dungeon or High Flyers, please, to show us stuff. And like I got some of the best training Man, I got so lucky with my training that it it immediately advanced me because there was like four or five guys that mainly trained. We were in there three times a week. We were grinding. We were always learning something new. And three months in, I was trained and ready to go. He also let me start as a referee. So I refereed before I was ready to train, I mean, before I finished training. Right. So I was in there learning how things are done from the get-go. Right, crowd reaction, yes. camera work, so on and, and that, so forth. And then KBW kind of took a back seat because of that, but – that was around my senior year. I started training, and then until all the way until I graduated, I was training and wrestling. So I, half a year I got in. It took three months. I had my first match in May of 2014, and then I, uh, I wrestled all throughout that summer before I had to move to Oklahoma because of a soccer scholarship. Wow. Damn, man. Do you remember what it was like taking your first bump? Like, the, the feeling, yes, the, uh, um, the thought that went right so through So here's your head. the deal. Like I said, I, I pride myself on how tough I am. Uh, I still didn't think it was going to feel like it did. Of course, there was nervousness, but I just remember loving it. Like, I remember coming home after hitting the ropes, running the ropes, and having marks on my back. And, on my, and I was like, wow, I didn't know even just running the ropes was this tough. 
Yeah. But I was all in. Like, I was, from the first bump, I was like, I was born to do this. Let me, like, it still sucked. And, like, he eased us into bumps. But I was just so eager, so eager to be the best in the training class, too, of just wanting to improve that I fell in love with it real quick and got, you know, I, now I bump like it's nobody's like it's nothing, yeah. yeah. Like so I try to develop that pretty quickly. Bumping for you is like walking at this yes, point. Yes. <laughs> um, so how did you go from being Cage to developing the persona of Fuego del Sol? So there was one guy that did Lucha Libre in Florida, but there were no lucha guys at all in my area right and it i was very small i'm still not the biggest guy but i was very small five years ago (laughs) slowly but surely uh and it just i I, with all the flips i could do i always thought like what would set me apart and i felt like even in wcw when ray was not as jacked as he was when uh when he got to wwe people didn't look at him they of course they see a small man but the mask just added something to him where it's not oh this is not like he it, i don't know it just added a mystique to him where it made him credible immediately right and so it adds credibility even though you're small and so my me and my trainer talked for a while and then i got with that lucha guy in florida he taught me a lot of lucha and we were like this will be the best and even if i only do it for five months to get some experience in the ring and then drop the mask uh and become my own person it would be just good to start me off like this because there's nobody in this area. Unfortunately, though, or, or fortunate, I should say, it got over very quickly. Right. I, I remember, you know, you were probably one of the most over guys on the card, and I had never heard of you before. And I, I guess this was the first night that we had even met. Drake comes up to a young Wesley Crane, Luke Grayson at that time. <laughs> Thank God that guy's gone. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he, he comes to me and he said, uh, he said, you're working Fuego tonight. Have you ever, you ever worked him or, you know, do you know of him? I had, I had no clue. So, uh, you know, I go back to the, to, the, to the little room you were in. We start talking about it. Uh, we get out there and it wasn't, it was one of Luke Grayson's better matches because everything else uh i think a dog could produce something a million times better um, <laughs> but i remember one thing uh mid-match we were up top and we hadn't really worked something out here we were just there and we didn't know how to get you know from point a to point b and i remember you going ronomy and i just go what you're like ronomy i got you <laughs> Uh, I said, okay, <laughs> just went for it. And it was the first time I had ever done it. Um, definitely stepped out of my comfort zone because I think I'd only been in for, God, seven months at that point. Like, I was not in for very long. Um, yeah, I was maybe only a year and a half in at that time. But uh, in that was at Mid-South in Oklahoma City. Right. And uh, we, But I had wrestled there a few times, but never a guy that could move as fast as I could. So I saw that as an opportunity of, oh, hey, we could actually have a faster-paced match. And so I just – I remember throwing a lot of things at you uh, that maybe you hadn't done before, but I was like, I knew – I was like, we could we could pull it off just because – like I said, I, because I helped produce so many KBW matches, I'm very mind-oriented of, hey, let's try this. I got you. I can protect you because I – no matter how small I am, I feel like I'm just as good as base as anybody. Absolutely. Uh, and that's how I thought. So I 
I try to when I can lead, I try to lead. Yeah, yeah it, you you definitely strike me as uh, the the leader um, in you know a lot of your matches. I think you know even even guys like you know Graham Bell, Luke Langley, stuff like that, um, who are also natural leaders. Um, you know, you come in. You're playing the lead role. Sometimes it can clash, and sometimes it can work out for the best. So um, I know you and Graham uh, tore it up at WFC in Owasso last night. Um, definitely made my job harder as the main event. <laughs> People were like, dude, just, just don't bother. They did everything. Just go out there and try to kill Gemini and, uh, and, and leave it at that. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm cool with that because um, – you and I are going toward tonight yes. at World Class in Wichita, Kansas. So, Looking forward to it. First time one-on-one since that young Luke Grayson yeah. and young Fuego Del Sol and uh, almost four years ago. We've come so far in, uh, in, in both of our journeys. Absolutely. Um, now, it was crazy because I, I didn't see you for a while. Yeah. And then when I saw you again, you had put on so much size and were doing so much better things. I was like, this kid, I don't know what happened, but he is – picked up his game tremendously and I was like I immediately want to work him again because I'm still proud of that match as two young guys that we had but I knew we could produce something much better oh absolutely absolutely um and it's funny because there there are so many guys you know like Mr. Nasty and um uh Skylar Faden like there there are so many guys that come to me and they're like dude you uh, something clicked something clicked clicked, yeah uh and I think what happened was when I broke my leg in 2016, I sat on my couch and was just, I was mad because I knew that what I was doing obviously wasn't working. Nobody gave a shit. And I hated every match that I was in mm. um, to some degree. Uh, and so something clicked. I reverted back to a journal that I wrote um, when I was all hopped up on certain drugs <laughs> and stuff like that. And. Um, I, I, I kind of brought it into what I do now. Um, there were thoughts of, you know, I wonder what a person tastes like and, you know, all sorts of other stuff that, that people would just look at and go, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Uh, so it's, it's, that's definitely something that not very many people know. But, I mean, we've come so far in, in our wrestling career in such a short time. Neither one of us, I don't think, has been in. How long have you been in now? Uh, May just made five years, but like I said, I was doing soccer at the same time. So that first year, I really counted as like a half year. Okay. It was like four and a half. So I feel four, like. four yeah. and a half, five years, like less than uh, uh, right about half a decade, yes. we'll say, um, which is not very long at all, at all. especially in terms. Like I'm only 23, and so like I'm super impatient. But then I realized it's like like someone like Daniel Bryan didn't make it until he was 30. Like he was 10 years in. Right. I'm like so, like, even if I have to grind for five more years, like. Like, I know I'm on the right track and doing the right things. Right, so. like Moxley was in for 10 years. Brian was in for 10 years. There are so many guys that, you know, spend years and years of their life doing what they love on the indie scene just to get to the WWE or, you know, to, to New Japan or mm-hmm. something much, much bigger. Now, you've had matches with, you know, Matt Cross, Brian Cage, uh, Sammy Guevara, who's now at AEW, um, a really good friend of both of ours. What was the best learning tool in working with those guys? Uh, just to how much more advanced uh, things are. Different transitions, uh, more, uh, you, you know, you got tougher guys in there that's been doing it longer, so they're going to be more resilient at the end of matches. So having to have even more in your arsenal to have to kick it out of even bigger things. 
um, just I don't feel like you can truly get better unless you're working someone better than you. Absolutely. And, uh, that's what it is. Like, I want to work the best so that way I can become the best, you know? Yeah, man. And, um, but, yeah, just trying to keep up, you know? That's why I want to make sure my cardio is on point on. to try to keep up. I remember because uh, I worked Sammy in a four-way. It was me, Sammy Guevara, Andy Dalton, and Barrett Brown. And I was very upset I was not involved in and that match. And you were definitely considered for it. I don't yes. know what happened. I don't know I, either. Pro wrestling religion. Right. Man. I think I pissed them off <laughs> the show before. Man. Something happened. I remember them saying, you know, it was going to be the five-way, and you were the you were the fifth person. And then uh, I got the message from Andy saying, oh, it's a fatal four-way now, and it's us four. I was like, well, fuck. That sucks. But, I mean, we're <laughs> still going to Fuck for me. Fight. That was a great match. Right. It was a, it was a fantastic match. Um, definitely one of the, I, I think, highlights of my career thus far. But I had watched a lot of Sammy stuff from PWG and uh, and other like top top level, you know, indie feds, and I was like, man, this guy can fucking go. And I knew that Barrett and Dalton could go because I had already worked with them before, but I'd never even worked with Sammy or even spoken to him. The match, aside from I think one spot in the very very beginning, went off without a hitch. Everything was perfect. The crowd was into it. We all uh, we got the all these guys chant. Uh, several times, and uh, we did a curtain call at the end just for Dalton to uh, to celebrate, and it was it was fun, man. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Sammy reaching into his pants to mock me uh, <laughs> was probably one of the funniest things I've seen in person, and it's really hard to keep character when <laughs> when shit like that's going down. Oh yeah. But I mean, I know you and Sammy actually have a very unique relationship. Yeah, I mean, you could call it that. Uh, funny, <laughs> even the way we met, I was trying to expand down to Texas. And I had just, like, I made up a resume, had some good highlight tape, and I literally went on Facebook and messaged every wrestling Texas company I could find, sent them my resume. I would go through, look at their pages. I saw this company. I saw Sammy as their world champion, just on a quick video on Facebook or whatever, Two weeks later, I wasn't even thinking about it again. Uh, and I get a message on KBW's YouTube channel from a kid named Sammy Guevara. And he was wanting to promote a video of his, of a highlight video of his on our channel. He's just reaching out to a bunch of popular YouTube channels. Wow. To, to tr just try to get some traction. Right. And I said, dude, what a small world this is. Because two weeks ago, I saw you on a Facebook and I sent this company. I was like, if you can get me booked in Texas, I'll, I'll get you a video on my channel. And... We met like that. Uh, he uh, got booked at World Class even before I got booked uh, at that show that he put me on. And we got to wrestle each other then. And then we got to wrestle each other a few more times and just become good friends because we were texting about YouTube. I'd give him, uh, you know, critiques and tell him, uh, trying to help him and advice on YouTube. And he would help me in the Texas scene. And so we developed a really cool friendship. And then uh, he's a big vlogger, and even though KBW was not active at the time, he was like, dude, you have too big of an audience not to be using it. Right. And so he convinced me to start vlogging, and then it just become a thing of us back and forth. But back and forth in each other's vlog. vlogs, yes. man. That, that is something I think that so many people, um, like, obviously there are so many people that watch yours. There are so many people that watch his. Um, and it's crazy because so, he only had like a 1,000 subs right. when I first met him. And, like, now he's got 22,000 subs. And like Fucking insane. Yeah. And doing big things. I told him, though. I got messages on my phone for two years. I was like, dude, in two years you're going to be everywhere. Yeah. And, like, here he is now killing it. Yeah, absolutely. I remember 
watching his vlogs, watching um, some other vloggers that he recommended to me because I was going to start one. But right about the time that I was going to start mine, Barrett starts his, Malico starts his, like everybody just Family jumps on this thing. Minute, yeah. um, and, and so I was like, well, maybe, maybe I shouldn't. And, uh, and so I reserved myself for uh, the, this podcast, this, this show, um, because my dad, um, not only uh, did I grow up in the wrestling business you know, with my dad and everything, but he also did radio. Oh, nice. So uh, he taught me a lot uh, when it came to radio, audio production, that kind of thing. And, and I figured, why not lend my hand at uh, something that, I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fairly good at. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, you and Sammy uh, giving each other backhanded shoutouts, I guess. Well, absolutely. <laughs> well, that was the thing. It's like uh, it gives them a reason to watch both because oh, he's going to respond to who? Who's going who's to respond to this? Um, and like he would, he would motivate me to make them because I, sometimes I would get bored with it or not, you know, not feel like I was getting the traction that it needed. Right. Uh, but. This year, I buckled down and really invested in it and got a brand new camera, got this big software and was really enjoying it, coming up with different things to make myself different and not just, hey, going to a show. Hey, here's some highlights. Hey, thanks for watching. Right. You know, trying to make it a little bit more diverse, not too long and really fixed it to where I, I, I was putting out something I was proud of and enjoyed doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you, you say that, you know, he kind of pushed you to uh, to kind of elevate yourself in, in the vlogging uh, world, I guess. But... You know, preparing for this, I watched the, I think, like, two or three small, short interviews that you've done. And one of them, um, following yours, uh, had the guest of Sammy Guevara. And I listened to it as well. And he actually said that you elevated him to step up his game yeah, when it comes to vlogging. Yeah, it's cause like, so like I said, originally, I, he just wanted advice on YouTube. So I was like, dude, well, thumbnails are a big deal. Uh, and just a bunch of little tricks with tags and titles and thumbnails that I was really good at, uh, helping him do that. And then he would literally make a vlog, send it to me. I would watch it and he was like, give me critiques. And I was like, I thought this was funny. Do this more. Let's do this. And like, he was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right, dude. You're a YouTube genius. When it comes to like little behind the scenes stuff. Cause I, when I learned it, I learned it as I went back when I originally started, but I did find some very unique tricks and seeing how people make things blow up. And so I did help him out a lot at the beginning until he was like, he was happy at his growth. And he's like, now you should start making them. And then I was like, well, what do you think of this? And it just become a thing now of whenever one of us put out a new vlog, I know five minutes later, someone's going to send us a link and we watch each other's stuff and, you know, talk, talk about it. Essentially just helping each other get to that next yeah. level. Absolutely. That's that's fucking cool, man. Yeah, it's um, awesome. That's I, awesome. Yeah, I, he's one of my best friends. We talk talk constantly. Uh, he's a funny dude, and like I said, uh, any he's helped me in more ways than one on to get places where uh, I want it. And so it just it, it was a really cool friendship, and how it developed was awesome. And so I'm happy about. I'm so happy for him now. He's gonna keep killing it, and I just hope to. You know, I, he's two years older than me, so I just tell him, you know, you just got a two-year head start. So, in two years, I'll be <laughs> where he's gonna at. Just going to catch up yes, to him, huh? going to catch up to him. Man. The interesting relationship I have with Sammy, it all stemmed from that match. And the only reason I think that we came away with uh, such a good relationship was because we both went in there um, working with each other quite a bit in the match and willing to do whatever it took to make the crowd happy. That's a big deal. Like, I feel like one of the biggest, and I learned this at a seminar when I was real young, uh, unselfishness 
is a giant deal. People want to work with you if you're unselfish. Absolutely. And I feel both of you guys are that way. And so I had no doubt in my mind that's why you guys got along. Absolutely. Um, I remember Andy Dalton telling me a story about PCO. Um, he worked PCO, I think, at, at VIP, I believe. Oh, I think it's Inspire. Was it Inspire? Oh, see, you got you got your stuff way more like <laughs> down pat than I do. Um, it's hard for me to follow up on all of Andy's fucking shows and yes. stuff. I mean, he's everywhere. He is. Um, but yeah, he told me a story about PCO coming in and pretty much being like, oh, what do you want to do? I'll do anything. And Andy said something about the brain bust. She's like, oh, you want a brain buster on apron? And <laughs> like immediately, Andy, Andy was like, what the, f no, man, like, are you, are you insane? <laughs> and um, he is, he's very much, PCO was absolutely insane. Oh, absolutely. But he's <laughs> everywhere. He literally, PCO, I had no clue who he was. Yeah, I um, didn't realize he was one of the, uh, you know, the Mount, the, the, him and the Mountie were the Rougeos. Right. Yeah. yeah oh, I had hmm. no clue. And then all of a sudden he's everywhere. He's yes. blowing up. He's doing I was everything. there. The night him and Walter fought in New Orleans. Oh, shit. And so I saw the match that blew him up. Because, like, a lot of people didn't know who PC World was. But him and Walter stole the show at Spring Break 1. And that, and then after that, he was absolutely everywhere. He's 51 years old and is a madman. Jesus. Um, I always see, like, little gifs of him. Um, Sam, Sammy Callahan has me fucking watching gifs now. Um, I, I don't ever watch a full show. Uh, I watch a gif. If the gif interests me, I then go watch... Set I match. have a <laughs> list on Twitter uh, where you can make it like a group, and it's just GIF accounts. So that way I go click on that, and I scroll through, and it's nothing but GIFs of w w recent wrestling. or Anybody that posts wrestling GIFs, I scroll through and watch that, and that, like, that's how I keep up with a lot of my wrestling. It's just I, GIF accounts. I feel like that is becoming a, a more mainstream way to keep up with it. Like if you miss the, the show, there are, there are people that are like, ah, do I want to sit through two and a half, three hours, or do I – Oh, that's cool. Okay, that match might be worth watching. Eh, and I'm if glad you do something cool and it gets some retweets and you get some traction, you get oh, more bookings. Absolutely. Like, it's so it's very hard to get exposure where we're from. So if I see a show that's getting gift on or gift on Twitter or anywhere, I like I want to be on that show because my stuff looks cool in gifs and I, that'll help me out. Yeah, absolutely. Like when I did Russell Circus recently, a bunch of my stuff got gift and immediately I got three or four bookings just off of that because really? of how much exposure it got. I mean, I didn't realize that, how much that worked. But just we're in an area where people don't put their stuff out like that to where it could get gift. Yeah. Um, I I think I've only seen one gif of of me, and it was recent. It was uh, me and Sky De La Cremosa in the, uh, in the excessive violence match um, where I stapled cash to his forehead and chest. <laughs> it's the only one that I've seen of me, but... And, like, you don't even see me. You just see my hands come in frame and staple shit to him, which that match is the only match that I can really remember, like, oh, I'm in pain. Mm. This sucks. Why did I <laughs> Why did I choose to do this? Like, it's the only match I've ever had that feeling in. Um, every other, you know, incident, whether I'm, I get hurt or, you know, what have you, I've always been like, well, that was, that was, that was on me. Um, <laughs> I, I can't really be mad because, you know, shit happens. But, yeah, man, gifts are... I, Changing the game. It Changing really game. is, yeah. Now, we, we kind of touched on it earlier. When you and I first met, you were tiny. Like, yes, very much so. Tiny, tiny. Still and, am, I was, but and I was even smaller than you. you. And that's crazy. Yeah, you're much bigger than me now. So, you've obviously taken, you know, your health, gym, fitness. You've obviously adapted that into um, your schedule. Uh, so what is, 
What is your routine like? What is, you know, what's your diet like? Okay, so it's very hard for me to gain weight. I have a super high metabolism. I wish I could gain weight easily, but I cannot. So it's a lot of counting calories, counting uh, grams of protein. I'm not big on protein shakes. I do not like the taste of them. I I have recently found some I do like, and so I try to drink them. But uh, because I I also uh, work during the week, I manage a trampoline park. And so the hours there are so crazy, so I don't have a set schedule. Some mornings I can take my daughter to daycare and go work out. And some mornings I am at home because I'm off. I have a small bench in my backyard. I have dumbbells. I have I do circuits. I have a pull-up bar. I get it in where I can, but I I always at least three times a week are as in are in the gym at some point. And then it's six eggs in the morning, a uh, few protein cookies throughout the day, chicken breast uh, for lunch, and then at night I have gotten to these protein bowls that I eat like I love mac and cheese I love chicken so these chicken and mac and cheese protein bowls with like 30 or 40 grams of protein that I eat almost every day just trying at night now I try when I can to stack a protein shake at the end of my day or at the beginning of my day when I can but my schedule is so crazy that sometimes I don't get them in I feel like I'd be putting on more weight if I started drinking more protein shakes but I just it's rough What, what are you sitting at right now as far as weight goes 160, but uh, I mean, at my when I wrestled you probably three years ago, I was probably sitting at 130. Okay. So in the past five years, I've put on at least 30 pounds, but most of that I've gained like 10, 10 pounds this year just because I've really buckled down. Right. This year. But. See, uh, I think you know back when we worked the first time, I was I was only like 140, 145, something like that. So it's weird because I was smaller than you. But I was definitely holding more weight. Now yeah, I was a lean. I was very lean. Very, and I and I wasn't. Um, <laughs> still not. But uh, working my way back um, because <laughs> while I might you know be bigger physically than you, I'm sitting right at 160 with oh, wow. you. I weighed myself this morning uh, 160 at 19 percent body fat, which is great considering I like a week ago I was 173 at 23, 24 percent body fat. Yeah, I'm sitting at nine percent body fat right now. That's probably where I would love to be is about nine percent. But I think the funniest part about uh, losing 10 pounds and a few percentage in body fat in a week, I think the funny part about it is that my diet has been complete shit. Like, dude, I had McDonald's this morning. I've had I had McDonald's. This morning. Show days are the worst. It, I really... can't can't like that's my cheat day. Saturday most of the days. Show days are the worst. I have almost exclusively been eating, you know, McDonald's, Burger King, any kind of fast food I can get my hands on. Uh, McFlurries are my shit right now, and all I've I been doing, I, I've just been dropping weight. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if it's just like my body got so used to the diet I was on that the reverse diet now is working, mm. or what? Because I haven't been working out as much as I typically do. I'm usually in the gym seven days a week. And I haven't been in the gym in almost three weeks now. So, yeah. So when did it click for you where you were like, okay, I I need to get serious about, you know, the gym and and diet and stuff like that for... Man, you don't know how many times I've said, oh, I'll go do a Ring of Honor trial when I put on some more mass. Or, oh, I'll go do an Evolve trial when I put on some more mass. And that day never comes, so I never buckle down. Um, But at the beginning of this year, I just set a goal to be bigger and to really dedicate myself. Um, 
and it, I feel like that's like I the, the past two years I've been doing working out but not nearly as much as I should or focusing on my diet like I should but when I buckled down and set me a diet up and went and bought all of these meals a week prior and would eat them for I'd buy meals two weeks in advance or buy protein cookies two weeks in advance and so I would take them to work with me at one point I would make meals my work didn't have a microwave, so I would take a microwave to my job each wow. day to just to heat up my stuff to eat. Uh, I was shitting like a motherfucker, though. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It would go through. It would be the worst. And, oh, my God. It was, I, yeah, it was bad. But just terrible, I was terrible. trying to eat it and slow my metabolism down and put on mass. Uh, and slowly but surely I'm doing that. And I feel like just as you get older, it comes. But... Man, it is rough for me. But I also have learned that I felt like I couldn't be somebody until I was bigger. And now I feel like, no, my talent speaks for itself. And that gives me more confidence in the gym to where, like, it's not like, oh, I'm making an excuse of not going to the gym. I'm like, no, I'm just as good. But to be even better, I'm going to go work out. I'm going to eat right. Because in two years, three years, I'm going to be at a happy weight where I'm like, okay, I'm good enough to be here, here, here. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, if you look at if you look at Brian Cage, uh, you know when he first started as yes. to where he's at now, like it doesn't even look like the same fucking guy. No. And uh, you know, I know you've worked Cage. Yes. Um, and you know, I've met him not only at wrestling events but at you know Body Spartan seminars, seminars, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. And he is truly huge. Like the dude is on another level. And he has three suitcases: a merch suitcase. A gear suitcase and a food suitcase because <laughs> food he takes suitcase. food everywhere with him. Wow. Prepares food, constantly eats it. Yeah. The day I wrestled him, that night I uh, ended up driving him back to his hotel and he kind of just gave me a rundown of all of his meal prep. He also used to backyard wrestle, so he, I popped him with talking about KBW and we just developed a cool relationship through that. Uh, yeah, he's one of the few things that have uh, made me consider steroids in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, man. Um, Haven't done them, but uh, done I, a lot of research about them. <laughs> oh, me too. I, at one point, had an entire protocol written. Um, like, this is this was how much I was going to take of this for this long. And, man. Had his cycles written out. That's yeah, funny. I had everything written down, and I was going to document the whole thing. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about wrestling and a lot about KBW and just kind of your upbringing within the wrestling business. But what are, like, some of your hobbies outside of wrestling? Ooh, it's a lot of wrestling. Uh, so I work, like I said, I love my job. I get to work with kids every day. Kids are a big passion of mine. Uh, I lot, watch a ton of wrestling. Like, I'm constantly watching wrestling. But the time I do get to spend with my daughter and my wife are the main things I do. Like, we have set time. If I'm off from work and I'm not wrestling that weekend, me and my wife have certain shows that we love to watch together. Uh, her parents are really close with us, and so we're constantly over there. And uh, she has two younger brothers that are really into wrestling. So getting to go over there, hang out with them. Um, I also am into music a lot. I love uh, music. I also do a little bit of rapping, but, like, nothing – Really? Legit, but enough to where I entertain myself. I'm a smart guy. I can put words together. It's not too hard. Uh, but love music, all types of music, and then a lot of TV. I watch And YouTube as well. I watch a lot of YouTube. I need to get you and Tim Rockwell in here to do a, uh, a rap-off <laughs> at some oh, point. 
He don't want to battle me. <laughs> interesting um, Interesting enough, I had no idea you were even married until last yeah, night. Yeah, so like I said, a lot of people just know Fuego. I try to keep the personal life personal. Right, and I, you know, honestly, in, in this crazy-ass fucking business, um, I think that that is probably the smartest thing any man can do is separate <laughs> his personal life from uh, his work life. I'll never forget Lance Storm said it. He said that Macho Man told him that I brought my wife into wrestling business. I don't have a wife no more. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So, <laughs> um, you know, when I when I started training, I I got trained by uh, Cole Crittenden. Um, I don't know if you remember him or not. I don't think I, I'm not familiar with him. All right, and I was I was also trained a little bit by Steve Cox. Do it to it, Steve Cox. I do know do Steve and Cox. And that crazy bastard, like that's a whole nother thing, <laughs> man. Um, oh yeah, you probably but, learned a lot more oh, than geez. just wrestling, man. What, I'll I'll tell a, a quick Steve Cox story. Um, there was there was a training session where it was me, Steve, Cole, and another guy training who went by Joey Sticks. And Joey, I love him to death, could not throw strikes to save his life. Um, So Steve gets all uppity and starts, like, you know, yelling at him, like, that's not how you throw a strike. This is how you throw. Come here, here, kid. Come here. (laughs) You know, and uh, so he gets Joey to come over there. He's like, this is how you throw and sell a strike and punches (laughs) Joey right in the fucking face. Like, hard. And Joey, you know, covers his mouth like, what the fuck, dude? And Steve was like, well, I, I thought you were going to move. And me and Cole Crittenden lose our shit looking at each other like, did he really just say, like, he called him over there. To hit him in the face. Hit him in and the just face. expected him to move. <laughs> so, man, Steve is legitimately one of the craziest people I know, but I love him to death. <laughs> um, I remember first day, uh, Cole and Steve, you know, gave me the speech of, don't date anyone in the business. Don't <laughs> if you are dating someone, don't bring them around the business because it won't last. It you'll it'll be gone. It'll dissipate. Somebody'll take her. You know, so on and so forth. Crazy enough, I met my wife in wrestling. Wrestling, of course. Yeah. Yes. Uh, training at SRPW. One of the good things I can say about Spider, uh, <laughs> he is the one that got me to come to training at that time, and that is where I met her. Dope. It was. It was probably the one thing that saved my life because at that time I was addicted to drugs and stuff and the night I met her I quit everything cold turkey so oh yeah yeah I love will sober you up it right real quick it can Uh, also mess you up yes it can yes it can can definitely sober you (laughs) I'm not gonna say that I'm the most sane of people no Um, yeah thank you to my wife um, (laughs) uh, she took care of me for a week while I threw up everywhere and uh my parents thought it was just because you know i was stranded up there it was during a snowstorm so i was i was there and i was stuck but at the same time i was going through withdrawals so that was definitely a blessing because my parents didn't have to deal with that um i was i was grouchy as fuck the entire week but I'm, i'm really really glad i took that step in my life now you also have a daughter, correct? Yes, and I'm expecting a second daughter. A Monday, second. actually. Jeez, you just can't have boys, can you? No, I'm, I, I, I hit it so hard I knocked the balls off of it. <laughs> My family has this weird uh, thing. My dad's first kid was a boy. Um, his brother's first kid was a boy. His mom's first, like, she never had a girl, so they were both boys. And, it like, it trickled down. Just hereditary. F- five or six generations, so. See, and I have a weird thing in my family where it rotates, right? So, like I said, I'm the oldest of three boys and then one girl. Right. And then, of course, both my brothers and me have had girls first. Jeez. And so, like, it just, it rotates. Like, it's weird in my family. My mom was the first in her, and then, like, 
It's weird. It's weird. Man, when when my wife and I got pregnant uh, the first time, I remember my mom and dad being like, so what are you going to name him? Like immediately thinking, oh, was, you're having a boy because, mm-hmm. you know, it trickles down. And uh, you know, we didn't know. And we didn't know until we found out the gender because we've, we're those people, you know, we wait, we find out the gender, we name it, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But when we found out it was a girl, we immediately called my family. And, uh, and we were like, we were like, uh, we've decided on the name, you know, Brooklyn. And they were like, wait, (laughs) wait, what? You're having a girl? And they were so blown away by it. Um, And geez, my daughter is the sweetest little girl I've ever met. Um, Obviously a pain in the ass at times, but what kid isn't? Exactly. Um, I wouldn't trade my kids for the world, man. All three of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's one thing that I, so like you always hear of like a parent's love for their children. And before you have kids, you think that's bullshit. But until you have a kid, like, I didn't realize, like, just the small things that would make you happy, right? Like, if I didn't have a kid, sitting at home watching TV, whatever. Right. Sitting at home watching TV with my kid playing in the floor, she could say something, do something, like, little stuff, or just run over and hug you. Yeah. Like, little happinesses that I just didn't even know that could exist that just makes my day better. Absolutely. All the time. It's so weird. I didn't, that's what I tell people the biggest difference was, is just having those small happinesses that I didn't even know could exist. Right. Some of my worst days, uh, I'll be sitting at this computer, and I'll be editing or whatever. I'll just... I'll just be so down on myself. And, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll hear, you know, my six, six-month-old six son I giggle or, you know, Brooklyn will run up and hug me, tell me she loves me, something like that. And it immediately pulls me out of that. Yes. And, uh, and, and it's almost like the entire day turns around. Exactly. Man, kids are – there's something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's always hear thing. Right. And I always hear people that, like, just quit wrestling because, oh, I've, I've got a kid on the way. i gotta I got to start being serious. Mm-hmm. But – in in all reality, if if you have the heart and drive to make wrestling something, man, that can provide for you and your family. On top of that, kids love wrestling. Yes. Uh, I took a, a, a very small break, and during that small break, every day, uh, my kids would ask me when we were going to another wrestling show when they were going to see me wrestle again. My daughter knows my theme song. Not even from the first, like, actual instrument hit, but the little voice crackle in the beginning. As soon as that sounds off, she knows. she's like, oh, Daddy! Like, <laughs> she knows. That's it's awesome. so crazy. Like, does your daughter ever watch any of your matches yes, or anything uh, like that? Yes, and so, like, she's been in a few vlogs. I was like, immediately if she sees a picture of me, fuego, fuego. And, like, she knows how to chant it. And uh, and I I can even ask her right now. I was like, "Who's your favorite?" And she'll say, "Fuego." And like, she's only two, but it's the like if she sees a picture or or a thumbnail or anything, "Fuego, Fuego, Fuego." And like, she likes wrestling now, too, but she'll chant Becky or Kevin Owens, and I wow. have got it. It's an awesome thing. Uh, yeah, and and my dad was like I said, he was a giant wrestling fan, so of course I'm gonna pass it down. But my dad also uh, was a hard worker. He like never missed a day of work, and like. 13 years and he worked a lot but he still were able to be at my games or help and still raise me and that's how i look at wrestling like no matter if as long as i work my hardest to be there for my kids when i can you can still be a hard-ass worker and make it in wrestling and live that dream and still be the best father you can be absolutely and i want to teach my daughter to chase her dreams and so how would i i'd be a hypocrite if i didn't go out and chase mine Amen, man. That's that's fucking dead on. <laughs> and we will be right back after we thank our sponsor. 
Blackstone Labs, the hardcore holy grail of supplements. They know what bodybuilders and fitness enthusiasts want, which is why they are so tirelessly dedicated to giving it to you. Blackstone is for everyone. No matter what it is, if it can aid you in your journey to succeeding, they will develop it and get it to you the best way possible. No matter what path you choose to go down, Blackstone Labs will provide you with the supplements you need not only to meet your goals, but to exceed them. Check them out at www.blackstonelabs.com and use the code THEWESLEYCRANE at checkout for 20% off of your total order. And now, back, back to the show. I want to play a game. Come on down. You're the next contestant on Spin That F***ing <laughs> Wheel. <laughs> this is going to be good. Oh, we got Piece a game. This. Shit. Uh, so I'm, gonna I'm nervous this. about this one. Jesus Christ. You throwing shit at me I'm not ready for. Let's see. Let's <laughs> Man, see if I can think on my toes. I'm not even ready for this. Like I told my wife what games that I would like to play on the show. I gave her no further instruction um, aside from what the rules of the game were. She went out, did all the... All the <laughs> You know, names and uh, answers and stuff like that, right? My wife, without her, I'd be lost. (laughs) Um, So we're going to spin the wheel here to determine what game we're going to play today. Rock band, racehorse, or porno flick? Oh, snap. We and so I have to guess <laughs> if it's a rock band, a racehorse, right. or porno. I'm going to suck at this. A name is drawn. We both have to put in our guess. Uh, the loser of this game has to take a shot of water, because that's all we have right now, out of the winner's shoot. Yay. <laughs> Great vlog content, right, oh, buddy? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Choose the first one here. Irish and Foxy. Is it a rock band, racehorse, or porno flick? Irish and Foxy. Jesus I could definitely see someone searching that. Uh, I could definitely see that being a... That's a Pornhub video right there. A <laughs> rock band as well, though. If, <laughs> if they have a lead singer named Irish and a hot girl. I don't see that being a racehorse. That's one or the other. So I'm going to go with, just not to have a dirty mind, I'm going to go with It's a Rock Band. All right, I'll, I'll go the opposite of you. Um, still, I don't, I don't think it's a porno flick. Um, you think it's a racehorse? Maybe. No, because I'm going to choose racehorse, and it's not going to be a racehorse. So I'm going to choose a porno flick. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, and God. it's a racehorse. It's it's a fucking. We were both horse. wrong. It is a fucking Yay. Racehorse. It's a racehorse. At least we're even. At least we're even at <laughs> yep, this. Nothing. Irish and Foxy. Who names their horse? Was it multiple horses? I can't. I... A horse tag team. <laughs> Whiskey makes me frisky. Is it a rock band, racehorse, or porno flick? Nah, that definitely sounds like a porno. But I now am gonna go racehorse because I could definitely see. Some country bumpkin naming their horse whiskey <laughs> makes me frisky. <laughs> Fucking right. So you're you're going with racehorse. Yes. Uh, you going with porno flick? I'll go with porno flick. Yeah, yeah. That's gotta be one. Gotta be. Look at you. You gonna know the answer? I don't know. He he could be working me right here, guys. I, I have no clue if he knows these answers or not. Whiskey makes me frisky. No, you're fucking right. It's yes, a race sir. Horse. Yes, it was sir. A race horse. horse. One on the board. <laughs> one on the board from Fuego. So one 
zero fuego. Thank God. We got five rounds, so three rounds left. What's next? Let's see. We got Jameson Dick. Is it a rock band, racehorse, or a porno flick? Again, it sounds very much like a porno flick, but that is a rock band. That's a rock band. I'm Jameson thinking rock. Dick. I'm thinking that's a rock band. <laughs> um, definitely could be a racehorse too. But I'm thinking the, it's the a rock. The last two have been racehorses, so I'm I'm gonna You're go gonna with jump racehorse. on racehorse. Yeah, I'm 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 going with racehorse. The All last right. two have been racehorses, so why wouldn't I? At this point, I Jameson Dick. It's a fucking porno. Wow, we were both wrong. Well, I'm still up one, so I'm fine yeah, with that. I'm still I'm fine I, with being up one. One nothing still. Luckily, fuego. it's been going my way. I guess I'm lucky. Let's see. We got one more. Bailey's Irish Cream. Which I mean that's a liquor, right? Yes. But I'm going racehorse with Bailey's Ra- Irish Cream. <laughs> Race Racehorse. Bailey's Irish Cream, the racehorse. Okay. Yes. Um, fuck it. Fuck, man. I think be, it might be a rock band. Fuck. I think it's a porno flick. Okay. That's got to be a All porno right, maybe flick. Maybe you tie it up right here. I'm going racehorse. Let's see. Bailey's Irish Cream. No, it's a fucking racehorse. Let's go. God Let's damn. go. So no matter what, at this point... You have won, but Thank let's see. God. Let's see. <laughs> I did not want to take them. I know my shoes bad. Uh, I, I fucking hate feet, too. I have like a foot phobia, so this is going to really fuck with me. One more, and we have Shamrock69. Is it a rock band, racehorse, or porno flick? You've been fucking right on racehorses, so. I have. <laughs> Maybe that my does just sound, all racehorses. That does sound like a... A racehorse, but I'm I gotta go rock band with this one. I think that'll that'll make me four for five. Rock band four or no five. Or, or or three for five. I think three for five. I think I'll be three for Is five. Is he three for five? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they've all five. been fucking racehorses. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going yeah. Shamrock sixty nine. You're going rock band. Yes. God, the the number sixty nine is throwing me off. It um. definitely, but like <laughs> I I've seen two crazy of racehorse names. And so it definitely could and be a Bailey, race. I didn't see Bailey's Irish, Irish cream. cream coming. That I, had to have been a porno. Yes. Um, uh, let's see. Shamrock 69. Yeah, it's a fucking racehorse. You want a racehorse? No, I'm yeah. going Rockman. You, you've, been, you've been right on racehorse every single time. Yeah, let's so, see. So is it just me being lucky or is it just your wife likes racehorse? Uh, maybe, maybe it's my... She, I mean, her favorite animal, animal was a horse growing up, so maybe it's just it the racehorse could thing. Be <laughs> Shamrock 69... Is a rock band, and so. I am three for five, and I am Jesus the winner. Christ. And you have to take a shot out of my shoe. <laughs> like I've done some grotesque shit. I've had the entire crowd spit in my hand. This was absolutely your idea. Oh, absolutely. Put- How the fuck did I lose the I my very, own game on my own show? Yeah, I, I was very, I was hesitant about this, but I was like, he, it's a cool podcast, a cool idea, and uh, if I'm not, if. If I'm anything, I know that mama didn't raise no bitch, right? So, like, if you're willing to do it, I was willing to do it. But I was really hoping you were going to have to lose. And thank God I know racehorses and rock man, I guess. Right? You you had the clean mind, and that's how you won, right? Yes, I did. Oh, so... All right, how much now? How much do I actually have to drink? Is it just a, like, like a shot or a little bit of a shot? A little I'm bit not, of a shot. I'm just glad I don't have to do it. So I don't even care how much you do. God, right foot. I just know my shoes gonna be wet after. <laughs> That's right. So, oh, Jesus Christ. 
That's probably good, right? All right. Put that over there. Fuck. Uh, down the hatch, right? Down the hatch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, fuck, man. That's uh, feet fuck with me so bad. So. Uh, so i think that's all the time we have for today big thank you to fuego del sol for coming in today you can find him on instagram at fuego del sol underscore twitter at kbw underscore cage i think i'll change that eventually but right now i'm sticking with it yeah (laughs) so as of now it is at kbw underscore k-a-g-e you can find him on Facebook and YouTube at Fuego Del Sol. As always, you can find me on all social media platforms such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at The Wesley Crane. Thank you all for tuning in with us today. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday as we dive into the shoot with some of your favorite wrestlers, filmmakers, and fitness enthusiasts.